may I interrupt our regularly scheduled programming <laughs> to invite our elders up? That's what it was. I knew I forgot something. It was our elders. Come on up. What's up, man? All the elders. Good to love you too, Mark. That are in the house. Come on up. Pastor Edrin, um, this month has been designated to recognize the women and men of God who helped to in, in lead in their call of pastor. With that being said, we want to bless you in particular for your commitment to this church and service and all the extras that have been shared by all the pastors during our church's time of transition. It's well known that you enjoy meetings over a fine cup of coffee. <laughs> So here is something that you can use at your favorite place to enjoy and share at your meetings over a fine cup of coffee. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so somebody's gonna pray. <laughs> How about I pray for you guys for praying for me? How about <laughs> Bow your heads, please. Can everybody put their hand on Edrin if you are an elder, if you re in, in congregation, if you'd extend your hand to our pastor, Edrin, please. Mm. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day that you have given us and made good. Thank you for all of the things that we get to celebrate every day, namely just knowing you and for being present in our lives and for being present in our church. Um, we thank you especially today for our pastor, Edrin Williams, Reverend Edrin Williams. Um, just thank you for his, his stewardship of, of the responsibility that he has um, to, to steward and lead our church. And thank you for his humility. Thank you just for his, um, his willingness to be present with us in spite of any number of things that may tear him away, Lord, or may, may pull at him and tuck him. This is his commitment to this space and the fact that, um, Lord, that you have shown up through him in this space and that you have influenced this space in a way that um, could only be done through you, and you have picked a, you have picked a man who, is, who is clearly knows you, who is committed to you, to, um, to serve us in this time, and we thank you for that. And that you'll continue to bless him, Lord. Bless him in his, all of his endeavors. Bless him in the work that he does here. Bless him in his family, with his children, his daughters, the work he does in this space and outside of this space, Lord. In every space where he has influence, Lord, just continue to make him small, that people would see you when they see him. We thank you for these things and all things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Can you hold this one? Thank you. Thank you, Asa. <clears throat> well, I, I've always heard in church that God... I've learned in church that God answers prayers. You guys heard the part of that prayer where he said that God would make me small? Um, <laughs> I'm going to watch that one, see how that... I did see a pair of skinny jeans that I thought were sort of nice. Um, 
So Lord, please honor our faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Sanctuary. It is um, an honor and a privilege to uh, just to be able to stand before you again and share um, in this way this morning. Uh, my name's Edrin. I'm one of the pastors here. And if I haven't had a chance to get to know you yet, look forward to meeting you soon um, and having a chance to, um, to grow in relationship. We are in week two of a series that we are calling Love in Public, Growing in Faith for the Common Good. Love in public, growing in faith for the common good. And so I, I want to, uh, we have a little surprise for you a little bit later. And so I need to jump right into this word so that we can get uh, to the surprise um, and have time for you to enjoy it this morning. Um, let's just take another moment and pray. Um, God, thank you that we have been brought together from many different places. Um, Lord, you only you know what our weeks were like and what we come into this room um, bearing and holding. And Father, we know that you are with us. And so we pray that this already this morning has been a healing experience, an encouraging experience, an inspiring experience. And Lord, we believe that we're not done yet. We thank you for this privilege that we get to open up your word together, knowing that your word instructs us, encourages us, corrects us, grows us into the men and women of God you've created us to be, and into the church community that you've created us to be. So Lord, would you just do what only you can do, take this one message and divide it a few hundred different ways that every single person in this room will know that you are with them and speaking to them today. We love you, Father. We are grateful that you first loved us. So speak to us now in the precious name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Earlier this week, as I was uh, preparing for this message, I, I came across the story of a small church in a Midwestern city uh, where the pastor had served for about 12 years. Um, the, the worship format of that church was somewhat similar to ours. The family and the entire family worshiped together at the beginning of the service. And then just before the sermon, uh, the children would all line up in the aisle and the youth workers would come and they would march out of the church together singing one of those little VBS songs that kids love so much. Now this church had a great big high pulpit and the pastors in that church sat in those great big pastor throne chairs at the top of that high pulpit and it gave the pastors a chance to really get the best view of the entire auditorium. And so each Sunday as the children marched out singing those cute little songs, the pastor of this church was able to look at all the kids and they would offer him a smile and he would get to offer them back one. Here's how the pastor described this part of the service that he loved because it reminded him of his own childhood. He says, for me, this march was one of the high points of the service. It was a privilege to catch a smile from every single kid and then give one back in return. And I tried my best over 12 years to never miss a single kid. But one day, 
as the kids were making their way out, a little curly-haired four-year-old girl ran out of the line and threw herself into the arms of her mother, sobbing as if her heart had been broken. After the service, the pastor, wanting to know what had happened, sought out this mother, and she said that when she quieted her little one and asked her what happened, the little girl said, Mommy, I smiled at God up in that big chair, and God didn't smile back at me. The pastor goes on to say that for that little girl, I stood for God. And that day when I failed to smile, her world went dark for a little bit. Now I know theology aside, pastors are not God. But there's a message in that story for us that often the world looks at us and sees God. And it's an encouragement for us to take seriously what it means to love in public to grow in our faith for the sake of the common good. And so this morning, as we continue in this series of love in public, I want to encourage us to strive to be people of joy. Strive to be joyful people. People who are quick to rejoice in every season. People who are quick to throw a party. Because I believe the world, now more than ever, needs the church to be joyful. In fact, that's our main idea today, that holy people are joyful people. Holy people are joyful people. When I talk about holiness, I'm talking about that journey that every believer is on to grow and to be formed and reformed into the image of Jesus Christ. Holiness is a lifelong journey. Holiness is dependent upon the work of the Spirit more than it is dependent upon any of our own efforts. And holiness cannot be confined to some arbitrary list of do's and don'ts. And so, brothers and sisters, as we grow in holiness, I believe that joyfulness wells up in us, and it's more than we can handle for ourselves, and so it overflows into the rest of the world in real and tangible ways. You might be asking yourself, why, why do we even need to talk about joy? With all the stuff going on in the world, why is it necessary to talk about joy? Aren't there some deeper, richer theological truths that we can wrestle with on a Sunday morning? The fact is, joy matters because our world is broken. With an election day approaching, there is no doubt that our nation is divided Again. And even for the woke community, sometimes we get it wrong. We talk as if we just got divided in 2016. We didn't get there in 2016. It didn't start in 2016, and it will not end regardless of what happens in 2020. This nation has a long, troubled history that brings us to where we are today. And in the midst of the division that we see, in the midst of the brokenness, the hurt, the pain, and all the things that we are feeling, the question for the world and the question we ought to be asking ourselves is, what does the way of Jesus call us to be? And what does the way of Jesus call us to do? 
this series, Love in Public, is, is wrestling with the question, what does maturing faith in Jesus look like in public? We, we talk a lot here at Sanctuary about the inward life of a follower of Jesus, and that's necessary. But this particular series is saying, what does a lived out faith in Jesus look like? Dr. Cornell West, the great thinker and pastor and theologian, says this, justice is what love looks like in public. Said another way, justice is what love looks like when it gets up in the morning, puts on work clothes, and heads out the door. Last week we heard from Pastor Mike that wise people are holy people, that holy people are wise people. And I want to add to what Pastor Mike said last week and build on that and say that today, joy is also an essential part of what it means to be a Christian in the world. Here's a quote from Alexander Schmiemann, who was an Eastern Orthodox priest who wrote tremendous things about joy. Here's one of the things that he said. He says, I think God will forgive everything except the lack of joy which happens when we forget that God created the world and has already saved it. Joy is not one of the components of Christianity. It is the tonality of Christianity that penetrates everything else. That term tonality is a musical term. It's it's a term that speaks to the way in which the various harmonies and tones of a musical selection are held together in an organized, meaningful way. And he says, he suggests that joy, which begins on the inside and flows outward, penetrates every aspect of the Christian life and holds it all together. But maybe you're not really into music. Here's another example. When we think of the Christian life, I want to encourage us to think of joy not as the rich frosting on the top of our discipleship cake, but rather think of joy as something more akin to flour and eggs, those essential proteins that actually hold the whole thing together. That's what joy is for us. That's what joy should mean for us as children of God. Joy relates to our feelings and our emotions, but joy is much more than just reactionary and circumstantial. Joy for us as followers of Jesus speaks to something much deeper, something happening on a soul level that keeps us from simply being pulled back and forth by the winds of the day. Joy is a gift. Joy is given to us by the Holy Spirit according to Galatians 5 and 22. And as we enjoy communion with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives us clarity to see and remember who God is and what God has done on our behalf. That clarity, which is a gift from the Spirit, it it, it leads to joy. And this joy impacts our daily lives. It gives us a new outlook on life. And it gives us a a renewed way of seeing everything that the world has to offer. Brothers and sisters, I want to contend today that the world needs us to be wise, yes, but the world needs us also to be joyful people. Our text for today is Psalm 30. Psalm 30, verses 11 and 12, two short verses because there's something good I I just really want to get you to. So we're just going to look at two short verses today. Psalm 30, verse 11 
and 12 says this, you turn my wailing into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord, my God, I will praise you forever. I'm calling this message today, Wear Out Your Joy. Wear out your joy. In Psalm 30, King David is believed to have been uh, writing at the dedication of the temple. More likely it was during the time that they were dedicating the land for the temple. And it was a momentous occasion that was unmatched by many others in David's life. And David takes a moment to reflect on God. David recalls the time, or perhaps he recalls many times where he failed and God showed him mercy. David describes a time where he felt so secure in himself that God had to pull back his hand from David so that David could come back to his senses. David goes on to say that God humbled him because of his own pride. But even in humbling David, God didn't leave him in the hands of his enemies. God preserves his servant even when his servant is messing up. And that reality is what causes David to pen these words. David says that I just want to sit for a moment and write about God and the things that God has done for me even when I didn't deserve it. And I want us as a congregation today to sit with these words as we consider what it means to be joyful people. David says in the midst of tragedy and with trouble all around him, he says to God in the form of a praise, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed Clothe me with joy. The first image I want us to look at together is this image of David saying God moved him from wailing to dancing. From wailing to dancing. From crying to dancing. David rejoices. And his heart is filled with thanksgiving because God has heard his prayers. And our joy, our willingness to be joyful, even when everything isn't perfect, comes from a practice of holy remembering. When we remember where God has brought us from, we rejoice. When we think about where we could have been if it had not been for the hand of God, we learn to rejoice. Even when the world seems to be going crazy around us, we can be people of joy because our identity is rooted in who God is more than everything around us. David says, God is so faithful that he found me when I was crying, and when he was done with me, I was dancing. That's God's faithfulness. I was thinking this week, about how impossible it is to dance and cry at the same time. God loves us so much that he comes into our life even when we're doing the ugly cry. Have, have you ever done the ugly cry? Not the church cry where like, it's silent and the tears just rolled. I'm talking about the ugly cry. God meets us in our moment of ugly cry. And when he is done with us, we find ourselves dancing. I've heard life described as a series of storms. 
that regardless of who you are and where you are, regardless of your education level, your socioeconomic status, you're either headed into a storm, in a storm right now, or you just came out of a storm. If that's life, here's what God does for us out of his love for us. God teaches us to dance in the rain. If life is a storm, God is so faithful that he has taught us how to dance in the rain. And when you're dancing in the rain, you don't care if your hair gets wet. If you need to, take your hair off, put it in the house, and go back in the rain and dance. We are called to be joyful people because the world needs us to be joyful. And it, we should not let something like hair get in the way of us being joyful. David says God loves us so much that he takes us from wailing to dancing. But he also uses another image. He says that God loves us so much that he takes us from wearing sackcloth to being clothed with joy. He takes us from being wearing sackcloth. Sackcloth is funeral clothes. In, in, the, in the old days, they would, when they met with resistance or had hurt or death or there was brokenness in their life or in the world around us, brothers and sisters would take off their day-to-day clothes and they would put on sackcloth and ashes. They wanted what they were wearing on the outside to reflect the brokenness that they felt on the inside. Sackcloth is funeral clothes. It's what you wear in time of death. Even if it's not literal death, it's it's what you wear when everything is not right on the inside. And David says, God loves us so much that he takes us out of those clothes and he uses the image that God clothes us with joy. That God literally dresses us up with joy. When I was a kid, we we had to uh, wear church clothes. We don't really do church clothes here at Sanctuary. I, I don't know if you've noticed, but... I'm glad we don't. But when I was a kid, there was no big deal to have a purple suit, a a teal suit, an orange suit. And and those were church clothes because we were taught that you needed to dress up to go to church. Well, the good news is we don't have to dress up to go to church. God will dress us up himself. He clothes us with joy. And so you wear whatever you need to wear. The elders would have me say within reason, (laughs) don't worry about how you look because God loves us enough that he clothes us with joy. There are a couple images in the scriptures that talk about joy. It it talks about us being overcome by joy, almost overwhelmed by joy. The the Bible talks of of us being captured by joy, being taken captive by joy. It talks about us being arrested by joy. But I love this image of being clothed with joy most of all. When I was a kid, we didn't have much at all. We were poor, and I'm only saying poor because we're an educated church. We were poor. And there are a couple images that will come on the screen uh, that will show you my favorite outfit when I was a little boy. It was a polo rugby. It looked a lot like that one. It was a pair of rustler jeans, um, sturdy jeans that lasted for a long time. And there were often some kangaroos. Those were my favorite shoes when I was a kid. This was my outfit. This was like, 
when I had this on, I, I was good. And I loved it so much that I would try to wear this every day of the week at school. And if my mom wouldn't let me wear it to school, I would wear it when I came home. I would put it on when I got home to do my homework or to play or something. And I can remember many times my mom saying to me, take those clothes off. You're going to wear out your jeans. See, I, God blessed me with thighs, see? And, and as I'd be running, sometimes your, your jeans will get worn out here in the middle. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. And my mom said, stop wearing those jeans because you're going to wear out your jeans. I'm an adult now, and my mom's not here. I want you guys to wear out your joy. God has given you this joy, and it makes no sense for you to try to keep it to yourself. Wear out your joy everywhere you go. Wear your joy in your, on your job and at your kid's school, and in the line at the grocery store. Wear out your joy in the doctor's office. When you're talking to somebody who gets on your last nerve, wear out your joy. Wherever you find yourself in this world, wear out your joy. David says, God took off my death clothes, and he clothed me with joy. And this joy that we have is not just for us. In fact, God gives us more joy than any of us can actually do anything with. Let that joy overflow from your life into the world and see if others won't come, want to know what is it that gives you so much joy. And my brother and sister, that's where you share the good news of who God is. But here's what I know. Sometimes we all need a joy jumpstart. Sometimes we just don't feel like having joy. I acknowledge that. And so I want to help you out today. A joy jumpstart is what I call a something or someone who gives you an excuse to let go for a moment and just be joyful. Just to enjoy the blessing of being a child of the king. So sometimes we just need to remember to laugh. We can laugh in church, guys. We, we, that's allowed. It's somewhere in the Bible that we can laugh when we come together as the people of God. And so today, because I love to laugh, we have a brother whose ministry it is to travel around the country and remind brothers and sisters like you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so Sanctuary, will you help me welcome Juice Sutton, Christian comedian extraordinaire, to share with us a little bit this morning. Hello, hello. About to fire the sound man. You were supposed to have my track ready. You were supposed to have my track. <laughs> We're going to try it again. Start it over from the beginning. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, a funny brother who likes to make people laugh in Jesus' name. Make some noise for Joe Juice saying, hey, there he go. Hey, how y'all doing today? Okay, we're going to try this again. How y'all doing today? Hey, I 
don't know about y'all, but I love this song. How y'all know? How y'all know? Hey, won't he do it? Yeah, he will. Come on, y'all. Clap your hands or something. Y'all better loosen up in here. Hey, won't he do it? Ooh, I don't know the other words, but I know he gonna do it. Uh, yeah. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Because they don't know he can do it in here, so... How many of y'all know he can do it? How many of y'all know he can do it? Yeah, that's my song. I don't know about y'all, but he did it for me in my life. So I'm a living testimony. Some of y'all was broke on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Your bills do, your electricity do, that daycare bill do, and you thinking to God, Lord, I don't know how I'ma pay these bills. Friday come and that direct deposit hit. Ooh, won't he do it? Play it again. Play it again. Come on. Ooh, ooh, cut it off. Cut it off. They don't know he can do it in here. Some of y'all in school. Mm-hmm. Y'all got a test coming up on Monday. But you've been playing Fortnite all weekend. And you don't know how you're going to get through the test. You walk into class and your teacher say, you know what? We're going to push the test to Thursday. Oh, won't he do it? Play it again. Play it. Cut it off. I'm not going to ask you again, sir. I'm not in shape like that yet. Fellas, it's date night. You don't know where you're going to take your lady. So you go out on a limb. You say, babe. Where you want to eat? And she actually tell you the restaurant she want to eat at? Oh, won't he do it? Play it again. Cut it off. Cut it off. About to get fired. Don't play it again. Some of y'all don't eat on Sundays. You don't eat breakfast, but you in church all day. Your stomach hollering. You like, Lord... I don't know how I'm going to make it through the service. Pastor Edron come up and be like, I want y'all to stick around because we're going to have a meal at the service. Oh, won't he do it? Play it again. Cut it off. Cut it off. That's the last time. I mean, I know he can do it, but I'm losing my breath up here. Sanctuary, how y'all feeling today? How y'all feeling? Come on, y'all, make some noise. Yeah. This is the 9 o'clock service. That means y'all got things to do after this. Y'all think y'all slick. Y'all come at 9 because you know there's another service at 11. So no matter what happens, they got to be out of here by 11. I feel you. That's what's up. That's what's up. Man, I've been trying to get to Sanctuary for a minute. I've been trying to get the sanctuary for a minute. I've been looking all over for y'all. They told me y'all was at Patrick Henry. I went to Patrick Henry. When I went to Patrick Henry, they told me y'all was at Ann Watton. I was like, what? So I went to Ann Watton. Y'all wasn't at Ann Watton. They say y'all at North. I'm like, what? So I went to North. They told me y'all wasn't at North. They say, oh, they got their own building. I'm like, Lord, they get traded more than Adrian Peterson. I'm Whew. But I'm glad I made it to service. I thank y'all for having me, man. You got to be able to laugh, man. Pastor Andrew's talking about joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You got to be able to laugh, man. Some of the funniest stuff happens in church. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. 
How many of y'all ever sat next to somebody who breast stank? Mm, look at some of y'all not saying nothing because y'all sit next to that person right now. You, what was that? She just looked at you. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to break up any friendships. It was a joke, right? You ever sat next to somebody who breast stank? And it'd be the worst time ever because then the pastor tried to tell you to turn to your neighbor and say something. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It'd be the worst thing ever. He'd be like, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm blessed and highly flavored. You'd be like, no. It's highly flavored, but it sure ain't blessed. It sure ain't blessed. I see y'all got the peppermints in the back. I see that's, this is a good code. Some of y'all not laughing because y'all like... Your breath stank right now. You're not trying to say nothing. You're, you're like, <laughs> breathe through your nose, breathe through your nose. That's what you do right there. I was sitting next to somebody who breath stank at church one time. Oh, my gosh. His breath was so bad, right? Pastor told me, turn to our neighbor and say something. You know, I always keep peppermints when I go to a, another church, you know, because you never know when you run into a bad breath saint. That's what I call them, bad breath saints. They have good intentions. They just got some stuff that they need to go through. You know what I'm saying? I'll sit next to this brother, right? And you know, nowadays it's, it's rude to like let somebody know, like, hey, brother or sister, your breath is on 10. You need a peppermint. It's rude, right? So I did. I, you know, I popped one in my mouth, and then I gave it to him. This brother going to put it in his pocket. I'm like, ah. Uh. That expires in five seconds. You need to eat it now, okay? <laughs> Whew. But let me tell y'all, church, that wasn't it. This brother put the peppermint in his mouth, and while the peppermint was going into his mouth, his breath was so bad, the stripes hopped off the peppermint. I was like, what? They said, whoop, no. Says in the Bible, through these stripes we are healed, but not these ones, not these ones. I was like, I need to find me another seat. It's crazy, man. Y'all like my outfit? Y'all like my outfit? It's just, it's cool. I tried my, no, so none of y'all like my outfit. That's what y'all saying. <laughs> nah, it's cool. Y'all can keep it real. I was like, I was trying to dress like a guest pastor. You know what I'm saying? This is how the guest pastors with a nice shirt, the, the nice jeans. All this is from TJ Maxx. I'm about to return it since y'all don't like it. I kept my receipts. I kept my receipts. I've learned. I've learned. Right? I tried to dress like a guest pastor. I've always wanted to be a pastor. Low key. My dad's a pastor. I always wanted to be a pastor, but then I learned I can't do pastor things. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong. I can spit a fire sermon. I just don't like dealing with people. You know what I'm saying? I just, I didn't, like, I can spit a fire sermon. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like dealing with people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I handle situations differently than a normal pastor would. Like, you know, some of y'all be coming, like, y'all don't give y'all pastors enough credit. They go through a lot dealing with y'all issues. So y'all make some noise for y'all pastors. Don't worry, Pastor Edron did not tell me to say that. I'm just saying it's a normal thing that goes on. Like, some of y'all be calling, Pastor, my bill's coming up. I ain't got no money. You should have worked. Click. Oh, that's why I can't be no pastor. I would have no members. I would have no members. But I will say, since I'm up here, I want to do some pastor stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love when pastors go around and they speak life into their uh, members. Do y'all like that? When they speak life into y'all? Some of y'all are like, oh, uh, they don't do that. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so 
I want to do I want to do something. If that's all right with y'all, I want to bring out one of my characters. I call him Reverend Juicy. Yes. Because the word is too juicy. Amen. Amen. But I, I want to spice it up a little bit. So if I can get a little bit of organ. I'm, I came from an old school church background with a little organ. So can you give me a... Yeah. I want to speak life in the audience today. I'm gonna come down here, I'm gonna come down. Yes, Lord. I wanna see who I'm dealing with. Amen. Don't get scared, I'm speaking life. Don't get scared. Amen. Amen, brother. What is your name? Joe. Joe? Same here, brother, same here. How old are you, Joe? You don't have to say it on the mic if you don't feel too comfortable. He's an elder. In order for this joke to work, I need to know your age. I need to know your age. How old are you, sir? 59, amen. When is your birthday, sir? January 25th, amen. I feel it in my spirit that on January 25th, 2019, you will be 60, amen. Ha! Oh, oh, speaking life, speaking life. Oh. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes Y. I feel it in my spirit. Brother, you are dapper down from head to toe. What is your name, sir? Gabe. Gabe. Amen. I've never met a Gabe, so let's get it. What grade are you in, Gabe? 11th grade. Okay, amen. I feel it in my spirit. Around May, June of next year, you will go to the next grade. Amen. Ah. Somebody say increase. Somebody say increase. Amen. Amen. Amen, sister. How are you doing? The Lord has called me in your direction. She must be popular because y'all was laughing. Amen, sister. What is your name? Karen. Karen. My auntie is named Karen. Amen. Ah, hey, ah, hey. I feel it in my spirit that you are a giver, that you give, give, give. And the Lord is saying, it's time for you to take. Amen. Time for you to take. And by take, I mean take me out to lunch. Hey, ah, hey. Thank you, Lord. Oh, oh, it's speeding up. Amen. Do I have one more in the audience? that wants to be spoken life to. Nobody. Nobody. Looks like I got a, oops, amen, sister. Sister, sister, sister. He got a Chicago Bears, amen. I feel you, brother. Sister, what is your name? Cassandra. Cassandra, and what do you do for work? Um, I'm a nurse. You're a nurse, God bless your service, ma'am. I feel it in my spirit. This Friday or next Friday is kind of confusing. You will be paid. Hey, ah, hey, ah. Somebody say increase, HR, increase. Hey, Amen. Y'all can cut it. Hey, y'all. <laughs> oh, I've always wanted to do that. Y'all make some noise for yourselves. Thank you for letting me live out my dream. I can cross that off on my bucket list. I got a little bit of time left. How many of y'all love to pray? How many of y'all love to pray? Y'all love to pray? 
Amen. So the rest of y'all don't like to talk to Jesus is what I'm hearing. <laughs> New phone, who this? That's what y'all on? Okay, that's interesting. Interesting. I love to pray, man. I really do. It was a big part in how I, you know, grew to be a Christian. My grandmother, my parents, they prayed over me because I wasn't always the brightest child. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't always the smartest child. But it was a very, very important piece of my life that I love to pray. I love to pray. I remember the first time I prayed. How many of y'all remember the first time you've ever prayed? Or in public. How I many of you the first time you ever prayed in public? This is weird. Because, you know, Pastor Edrin, in my church, like, when you get saved, you have to give a public prayer. Now, I got saved in high school, right? So I had to give a public prayer. And let, keep in mind, it was poorly planned. They don't tell you. They don't teach you how to pray. They just expect you to know <laughs> when you get there, right? So, like, I got saved. Next week, they like, little juice. Next week, you gonna pray. I'm like, how do I do that? What do I do? So I did what any resourceful kid would do in this generation. I went straight to YouTube. I went straight to YouTube and I typed in powerful prayers. Cause you know, for me, I'm, I'm competitive. I'm like, if I'm gonna pray, it's going to be the greatest prayer of all time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Right? So I'm Googling it. I'm looking up stuff. And Pastor T.D. Jakes and Joe Osteen, Benny Hinn popped up. And I'm like, what? That's how you pray? I'm talking about this brother took his jacket off, waved, knocked the whole audience out. I was like, I don't know what that is. But I want that on Sunday. I want that on Sunday. Right? So I was taking notes. I noticed they grabbed the microphone with two hands. They point down a lot. I was like, I don't know what they pointing at, but it's dramatic, and it lets them know that it's real. So I'm putting that in my stuff, too. You know what I'm saying? And so they waved the mic to the... Like, I like it. I'm writing it. I'm writing all this stuff down, because in my mind, I'm thinking, the longer you pray the more in tuned you were with Jesus. So I was like, I know I got saved last week, but I'm going to let them know that I'm Holy Ghost filled. You feel what I'm saying? I had all my notes ready, right? Sunday comes along, I'm a little nervous. It just so happens to be the greatest service that I'd ever been to. Like the worship, lit. I mean, whoo, the sermon, lit. I'm like, then it was my turn. So I'm nervous. I'm in the bathroom practicing. I'm like, I'm gotta, I got to point for real, and I got to add a stomp, because that's what Kirk Franklin was do. He would add a stomp so they know it's not a game out here in these streets, that I'm really out here praying off these demons, right? So the time comes. I'm in the back. I'm a little nervous. When I get nervous, I, I like move around a little bit. So they're like, little Juice is going to come, and he's going to do the prayer for us. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm walking down the aisle, and y'all don't know if y'all have ever done anything in public, but like when you getting up to the point of where you're super nervous, it feels like time slows down, right? So I'm walking, I'm like, ah. That's my heartbeat, if y'all don't know. Then voices start talking in my head. You've been waiting all week for this. Let them know you real. Rocky music start playing out of nowhere. Just doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo. girls in my Sunday school class. I'm like, ha, ah, you know, because I had to pretend 
that I've been here before, okay? So I get up there, I grab the mic with two hands, just like my YouTube tutorials taught me. Started out with a simple thing. It don't matter what you're doing, no matter what time of day it is, everybody says this prayer in the beginning. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Everybody says it. It doesn't matter, right? And then and the next thing in my tutorials was like sprinkling a little scripture. So I'm like, okay, for this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, one thing my YouTube tutorials didn't teach me, ma'am, is that my church is a response church. So if they agree with something that you said, they're going to let you know, like right then and there, right? Amen, touch it, hallelujah, Whatever they feel, the Lord is calling them to say. So in my mind, I'm thinking they being disrespectful, right? So this lady was in the back. She was like, amen. I was like, oh, she thinks it's a game. Pull out plan B. You are the alpha and the omega, Jesus. And she said these words that set me off. She said, let him use you. I was like, that's it. I unlocked my inner black pastor. I was like, oh, Lord, you are good. I said, Lord, you are mm-mm good. This ain't BK, but you can have it your way. This ain't Jimmy John's, but you get speedy delivery. Your grace is like all state Jesus, because in you, we are in good hands. I was naming every commercial I had seen that morning. So the pastor crept up on me, and he, and in my mind, I thought he said, pray scripture. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, they got a little bit. They want the whole thing. Because I thought I was starting a revival, right? So, but in real life, he was saying, pray quicker. So I was like, oh, Lord, it says in your word in John 3, 16, because when you get saved, that's the first verse you know ever, right? I was like, for God so loved the world. I said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I said, oh no, because he only had one, that whoever believes in him. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Can I get an Amen. Now, how some of y'all looking at me right now is how all the elders in the church was looking at. <laughs> Somebody get that boy off the stage. I didn't, Sanctuary, I didn't realize they only asked me to bless the food. I didn't know that's all they wanted me to do or else I would have wrapped it up a long time ago. But that's my time, y'all. Thank you, Sanctuary, for having me, man. I appreciate it. <clears throat> Hey, hey, Juice, before you take your seat, where, where can people connect with you? How can they hear more about you? What do you have in the lobby that they might want to bless you with? Tell us about that. Um, yes. So as Pastor Adrian was saying, this is my full-time ministry. Um, I travel around the country. I travel around churches, schools, um, doing this, but I usually leave some sort of message with it. Um, I am on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Juice the Comedian. On Instagram, I'm the real Juice Sutton. Um, follow me. I do. Please pray for this ministry because it's it's not as easy as it looks. I just want to say. Um, but yes, I do have T-shirts and CDs in the back. Um, so yes, just know that if you purchase one, you are blessing the ministry um, and helping pay these taxes. Amen. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys for having me. Just you know, feel free. I'm here to talk. I love to communicate with people. I love to meet new people. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm here all day. Can we give Juice a round of applause? Thank you, brother. I want to call the worship team back up as we move to our our benediction now. 
Um, Today is just an opportunity to remember um, that joy comes from 